Here we go, boys and girls. This is Bobby Blitzen Overkill and BPMD. You're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Oh, yeah. By the way, I'm Mark Mangy, that asshole. Forgot to uh, leave out. Hey, you are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I am Bruce. My name is Christopher. And today I am stoked beyond belief to be speaking to uh, BPMD. So that's going to be Bobby Blitz, Mike Portnoy, Mark Mengel, and Phil Demmel. Maybe they should have got some bigger metal musicians involved in this. Yeah, I mean, this is like (laughs) who's who of all-star metal. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of it, some of their stuff. I don't know if it's all going to be covers, but the two I've heard are unbelievable. Toys in the Attic is kicking it. I think... I just told you this off air, but I think Bobby's got one of my favorite voices in all of metal, and I've known him since the old days at Lemoore. I talked to him through the years, including on the boats, and this is just going to be – I got a boner right now, so we're good. I've only met Bobby one time, and he was like the nicest guy ever. Oh, my God. So down to earth. I even drank with him on a down here in Richmond on a Forbidden Tour. Oh, God. The, yeah, it's going to be just pretty awesome. So let me – uh. Let me get him on. I guess we got to do it. It's a four-way, so let me get Bobby on first. Okay. We'll grab uh, Mark. Hey, man. Bobby, how are you? Bruce Moore, my partner, Chris. Hey, man. Hey, how are you, how you guys doing? All right? I'm doing great. Are we supposed to add Mark in this one as well? Uh, Yeah, I can. Uh, you want to do it? You want me to do it? It doesn't matter. I'm just trying to find the uh, the app here. <laughs> how are you today, man? Doing all right. Looking forward to the weekend. Got some, uh, got the bike up. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, oil's changed. Uh, I don't know. I might leave the, uh, might leave the dirt on it. It's an old one. It makes it look better. <laughs> hello. Nice. hello. Hey, Mark. How are you? Bruce Moore and my partner, Chris. Hey, nice to meet Hi, you, guys. man. How are you? Great. Thanks for joining us. No I'm not going to do an interview with a bass player. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> fucking, this is too low, man. I have I'll fucking, fucking standards. That's the that's point. That's the point. Hang up. Get stupid the fuck out of here. Stupid <laughs> fucking singers. Make us some lunch. <laughs> you know what? Fucking I have yeah. Make us some lunch. That's great. <laughs> bass bass uh, players are musicians, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bass players get all the chicks? They get all the checks. You know, it's you know why? Because once they learn the E string, they got a lot of gigs. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Too fucking busy. Once they learn the E string. I've never heard that before, but I'm gonna steal that. I hope it's okay. Yeah, I heard it from I saw I had a sound girl from the UK told me that. Said, geez, I learned that E string and my phone never stopped ringing. <laughs> So before we get started, I want to say thank you for taking the time because I'm a longtime fan from back in the day at Lemoore, and we've chatted over the years many times here in Richmond. I think we even drank on a bus with Forbidden down here. Very cool, man. So thank Very you for cool. taking the time again. Those Lemoore days, you remember those, huh? Oh God, forget it. I'm still in touch with all those guys. Some of the some of the security guys, the owners. I just called Frankie Felice for his birthday the other day. Interesting. Yeah, I think he turned 80, 85 or something, 84. Wow. Chris so, is not familiar because he's originally from Vancouver, but I mean, that's where I kind of grew up and caught, 
cut my teeth on metal and learned about all these bands like you guys and Carnivore and you know all that stuff from way back in the day. Oh, I mean, just just an insane place to uh, for an outlet for a young man with too much testosterone in him. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, what a, what a place. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, really so we're here to talk about BPMD. So just to get started, tell us how this all came about, because uh, you got quite a, a cast list. Mr. Mengi's, uh, that's Mr. Mengi's question. No, it certainly wasn't you, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. Okay, now we're, now we're on a level playing field here. <laughs> we got you back, right? Just so you guys know, this is normal for him and I just to... This is what we do. We bust That's each other's chops. It may be the reason um, that I play. Maybe the reason I play in Metal Allegiance is that I've never had somebody bust my balls this hard. So I know he obviously likes me. <laughs> nice. It's like it's like a, it's like a hockey fight. Once you get in a fight yeah. with the guy, you're going to see him all the time. Be like, right on. <laughs> Have drinks with him the whole bit. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So but, tell um, me, Mark, how did this whole thing summer, come about? Um, this whole. This whole, last summer, this whole thing kind of started. Um, it's funny. I sent Bobby a photo of the place it started last night. Um, and out my backyard, fire pit going, music cranking, and uh, Skinner was on radio. And my my little guy, uh, my younger son, said, "Hey, Dad, you guys should um, play this, cover this." And originally, I was like, "Nah, this is this is not for MA or Metal Allegiance." But right. as the song's progressing, I'm starting to hear how I would do the song if I were to arrange it, play it, record it, whatever it might be. I started hearing drum parts, guitar parts, you know, headfield style riffing, et cetera, et cetera. And then I was like, wow, this could be really cool actually. And then I immediately called Bobby and I was like, Hey, what do you think about doing something like this? Maybe playing or covering some of these songs. And then from there, um, I let Bobby say what he said and uh, continue that story, but it was immediate. Yeah, I mean, when he got to me, it was, uh, you know, I, I was rifling off songs uh, before the before the end of the conversation. I mean, you know, I got to be honest here. This was my era. This is where I grew up was, uh, you know, the 1970s. I was a teenager with uh, you know, too much energy and uh, a, a propensity and love for the heavier rock and roll of the era, which really was the bridge bridge into metal, you know, and, yeah. and a lot of those, a lot of those American bands aren't aren't credited uh, for that bridge into metal, but boy, cactus and mountain. And, uh, I mean, those were my two picks. And I was like, man, these, these bands were the precursor to, you know, what I ended up doing for, you know, the, the 35, 40 years that, that soon followed. Right. Okay. How did you guys, uh, go about recording all this? Is this all, did you guys get into the studio to do this or was it just taking advantage of like technology and emailing everything back and forth? No, we, um, we all, you know, maybe a week or two, probably two weeks after this initial idea, um, the four of us got together at Mike's house in Pennsylvania, and uh, we arranged and put our ideas together. And Mike even recorded uh, what you hear—the ten tracks all in one day. Oh, cool! Wow, which is which is amazing. So it was no, this is not an internet record. Uh, That's good. I think sometimes it, uh, well, it definitely not sometimes. I think all the time you can tell the difference and it becomes more organic and more real when you're all in the same room together. Well, the, the era, the era yeah. that we chose, uh, it really called for that also. I mean, you know, if you were going to do this, why not do it like the guys did it uh, originally? And that right. would help to keep the integ integrity of, of all the tunes. You can reimagine the tune, 
but the the integrity would be there. It would have the the vibe of the era of the seventies. Right. So you guys and, tracked, and it, go track this whole record in one day. Drum tracks. Oh, oh drum, drum tracks. Okay, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I knew you guys were machines, but holy fuck, that's crazy. Right, let, let me let me re-answer that. Yes. <laughs> nice. Was that? Did everybody have equal input into the songs that went on it, or was it? Uh, I mean, how did that come about? It was just. Well, yeah, it was equal, very equal. We laid down some, I guess, law, rule, guidelines, however you want to call it, that um, we each picked two songs, had to be released in the 70s, had to be an all-American band, um, and you can't argue with the other person picks. So if Bobby didn't like my choices, tough shit. If I didn't like his choices, <laughs> tough shit. If I didn't nice. like Phil's, tough shit. Uh, you had to do it. And that's how we went into it. So that it avoided any argument whatsoever. And then we also had two community picks that were not an argument. It was, you know, one was the one of the community picks was American Band, which was all I get. Well, of course, we got to do this. Right. And uh, the other community pick was Walk Away. We, you know, I think Mike suggested it, and we're like, yeah, cool, done. I mean, it was it was easy. So with those guidelines, it was it made. It made it pretty easy, and, and we all had our visions for the uh, two particular songs we chose. And then, for example, with like Demo, with his picks, he had his visions, and then it was cool to add our input on top of that, on how we would approach it with our individual instrument. Right. So did you guys have to change the key of the songs quite a bit for to fit the voice? No. No. No, standard, right? I think we kept everything yeah. standard, yeah. Everything was standard. I've never, it's funny, Phil and I are used to playing not not standard tuning. Yeah. So right. to, to play in standard tuning again, I was like, wow, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The strings don't so, feel like spaghetti. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So it made it punch, it made it punchier for sure, and uh, and 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 again kept the integrity of the tunes. You know that there there's something that's recognizable right down to the key. Well, that that's what I was wondering because a lot of singers couldn't pull off some of that older stuff, you know, because it's they're singing like quite high. And when I listened to the demos, I mean, it's high, but I was just like, holy shit, this sounds great. But that's what I was wondering, like if you changed the the songs to fit the vocal, but you didn't. The vocal just fit the songs already, which is something that's amazing, you know. You know, I stopped. I stopped uh, uh, the Marlboros, uh, I guess, eight nine years ago, and it was uh, it was a life changing event for me. I mean, it uh, you know obviously helped my health yeah. first yeah. and foremost, but uh, but beyond that, um, I found uh, a refound a voice I had uh, inside. Uh, because it was, you know, it was slowly deteriorating over over the years. I mean, you know, I can sit there and lie to you, you know, from here till next Sunday, saying, "Oh no, the Marlboros kind of gave me a tone tonality." It, it wasn't. It was just kind of wearing my voice down. But it's it's uh, boy, within a year after the time I dropped them, the highs became clearer. Uh, the lows weren't rubbery anymore uh, for me. So so I'm kind of you know I'm kind of lucky that at my age, you know, older and wiser. Um, I'm running through some of the best, um, you know, vocal expressions, um, in, in my entire career. 
because uh, because it's a refound voice. So with, with regard to BPMD, I mean, it only worked uh, that much better for me. Yeah, it, it works amazingly well on the first two singles I've heard. I mean, Toys in the Attic just blew me away. That's that's really good stuff. Thanks, man. That's kicking. Uh, Chris? Uh, I don't have anything right now. Um, so whose picks were Toys in the Attic and Evil? I did Evil. Um, I picked Evil. That was uh, one of the – I think we had picked that. I picked it that night. Mark had that conversation with me, you know, I mean, it, I, and it was like, a, I, th- I remember it as like a weekend night, you know, and so we were both had probably a couple of beers in us and, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was with the family and I was, man, I shot out evil and, uh, never in my life by, by mountain, uh, toys in the attic was, uh, Mike Portnoy along with, he also picked Wang Dang by, uh, uncle Teddy there. Right. Nice. So, uh, are you guys doing, I know the records come out. Are you guys doing anything special or anything to interact with the fans in this this weird time we're living in? Doing any kind of live streams or anything like that planned? Yeah, well, we, we've been doing, you know, we've been doing actually a good amount of, uh, of press and video. I did a impromptu Instagram live stream in the middle of a river on a kayak the other day. That was interesting. <laughs> nice. uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, you know, so you know it's different, and we got to obviously think differently to do things to reach out to the to the fans and to the people out there. Um, as far as us playing together, I just don't know how you know how that would be possible. Latency right. is a major issue. Yeah, and um, and whoever whoever fixes the computer latency issue is going to be a billionaire. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, you know, so you know, we're trying to do different things. Say, um, Phil Demo and I made a Spotify playlist of our favorite summertime beer drinking, barbecue, hanging tunes, which we just put out live today. Um, everything from Kansas to Nugent to Sabbath to UFO to everything in between. You know, Toto's on there. <laughs> I mean, right? It's, you know, cool. I think he's a we're, super we're underrated to... guitar player. Lukather's yeah. amazing. He's the yeah, he rolled. Uh, he's yeah. he's. A, I mean, shit. That dude's there's not one guitar studio player that that has done more than him. I don't think, as far as guitar goes, I mean, right. the amount of music he was on between Michael Jackson, you know, to you know, just again, I'm just gonna say Michael Jackson. I'll leave it there on the floor. Yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, um, I, I, you know, so yeah, so we're doing things like that. Um, we're always constantly talking on other things we could do. You know, I see quarantine covers is a big thing. I see demos all over the map with that right now. Um, right. Just pre-recorded quarantine things. Um, you know, I've been asked to, uh, to, to play on a few of those, and I've politely uh, declined. It's just, I, I just, it, it's weird to me. I, I like, for me, with music, it's something that's got to be presented in a. You know, I like live matter. I like getting into a room with people and jamming and playing and yes. feeding off energy. And then it's when you're playing to a camera to yourself, as much as Blitz is used to playing with himself, you know, for me, <laughs> it's, it's not the, it's, I like other people in the action. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm, six, I'm 61 and I'm still playing with myself. I should, I mean, at my age, I should be able to do it in fucking public. <laughs> Fuck, that's an accomplishment. <laughs> no blue I've pills. Got... It's just happening. Now, um, but 
Yeah, but the quarantines are cool. I see the a- Alex Skolnick, my MA partner in crime, has been doing a lot of them with uh, Benanti, and you know Phil's starting to do a lot of them, which is awesome. They've been doing those Rush you know. covers, right? Yeah, the Rush, which is yeah, great. Yeah, great. I actually texted over Alex when I was like, dude, this is amazing. I mean, this yeah. is great. Charlie's killing it. And um, and that's great to see, you know, musicians out there doing, you know, doing that thing, um, which is awesome. It's just for me, it's just not uh, not really my cup of tea. I'm, and I'm, um, it's nothing, nothing against anybody. It's just right. I don't feel comfortable playing to a camera. Just me, you know, yeah. and I'm my own worst enemy. I start getting in my own head and start you know, like, now nah, this is not good. Etc. Etc. Yeah, um, I've I've done two of them with Russ and Dave from Annihilator, X Annihilator, and they've been they've been fun. But I agree with you; it's kind of weird because you have to send tracks back and forth and record yourself doing it live, and it's it's a bit strange. Yeah, you know, Bobby and I were talking about doing you know virtual shows and live concerts, and and Bobby and Butch said it best, and I'll give him all the credit in the world. How could we give the best presentation possible where it doesn't look cheap? You know, how do you do it? I don't know how. To, I don't know what the answer to that is. All right, this brings me to my next question. Then your videos for this are unbelievably cool. <laughs> who, who who came up with that idea? Uh, that was we, yeah. That was go ahead, Mark. Yeah, Victor. Um, Victor's uh, he's the video director for Toys in the Attic. He was an old friend of mine. I've known him for a long time, years. He was originally slated to shoot the toys video with us live here in New York City. Um, then COVID hit. Obviously, travel bans are in place. We have a record coming out. Shit, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he did it. He, he ran with toys. Toys was 100% him. Um, you know, Bobby and I spoke to him a few times, but he, he developed everything you see in toys was him. Um, you know, he came up with that concept and idea with evil evil was I, I wasn't expecting puppets again <laughs> you know uh, but I, I gave the video this was a separate a different company uh, that Napalm worked with and I just told them I wanted to do a, a Chicago tribute uh, to the old bluesman Helen Wolf Willie Dixon Chess Records Chuck Berry Muddy Waters Little Walter Cactus just a tribute to all those right. people that came before us. And, there's a, and and still to this day, I watched it again this morning. I'm still finding little things in there. I was like, shit, they, I didn't even notice half this crap on the first few go-arounds, which is really cool that they snuck in there. So, so yeah, it's, it's just a tribute, and, and that's all it is, you know, um, to that scene. Yeah, no, so I think as soon as Bruce sent me the video, I was like, this is so cool. Because I've never really <laughs> seen a video done that way before. For, for, it's, it's kind of it's kind of the pandemic special i mean it's you know we can't really get everybody in the same room here but you know again presentation has to be of a high level or at least interest you know it's always been i know mark with metal allegiance does a high level of presentation when they when they do their shows i mean it's a huge backline. there's backdrops there's special lights etc overkill's always done it right from the beginning it's, you know, hey, listen, you may not be the biggest, but present yourself as if you are, you know, go out of your means a little bit more because that's what that's what brings people back. And that's what gives the people involved uh, pride. You know, I mean, it's like, hey, you know, no, no matter what happens, listen, you paid your, your, your 25 to get in, but you know, it's not going to be a ripoff. And, you know, you take that that kind of principle through, you know, through everything you do. And, and that kind of solidifies uh, tomorrow for you. 
um, you know, it makes today great, but tomorrow uh, is is um, is solidified by doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I come, I come from that background, you know, I went to, you know, I have my bachelor's degree in visual communications and art and that whole world. And, you know, I pride myself on basically visual elements, whether that's album covers to backdrops to what does the stage look like to video to the smallest detail minutia typography. I am nuts with that shit. And, um, I love it, you know, and to me, if I'm a kid in a crowd, I want to see bigger than life, you know? Yeah. And if, and if MA's playing a small stage, well, we'll cram everything we can. <laughs> right. <laughs> to make it look and at the end of the more. day, you know, you put your best and, foot uh, forward. I mean, with, same thing with, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And same thing with BPMD, you know, with the artwork. I love our album cover. Um, and it's the artwork. It's the artist who I've worked with on the last MA record. Marcelo, uh, he absolutely killed it with, with the artwork and the cover. And it's just surrounding yourself with those like-minded, creative people. You know, Bobby's one of them. He, him and I share that vision of the be- what is the best possible presentation we can give w- with BPMD and not make it seem like a, a cheap, shitty cover bar band. You know, right. what, what is BPMD? BPMD is Blitz Portnoy Mengi Demo. What does that stand for? You know, we're all pretty decent at what we do. So we have to give it that that best, you know, look. Right. Uh, okay, I have to ask a funny question. How did you guys decide the order of the letters in the, na- in the name? H. H. <laughs> Actually, I think it would be BD then, right? <laughs> No, BP, BPDM, it would be. BPDM, okay. There you go. <laughs> I don't know. So Just I, some funny questions. You know, people argue about that sometimes. It's going to be more singers. No, it's going to be singers more, whatever. You know, they like, always argue about stuff in, like that. In our case, it went by beauty, and that's how I'm, a, I'm the leader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he calls himself the fat old metal guy. <laughs> or, and then other times he calls himself... Uh, the Jason Momoa lookalike. So I don't know. I can't help but look like Jason Momoa, and I have a voice like Barry White. I think there are babies being made on this podcast when it goes <laughs> oh, out. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Before anyway, we, before we let you no, go, no. I have one thing that I have to bring up because Bobby, I met you on seventy thousand tons of metal. I was okay. hang, I was hanging out with Andy's uh, girlfriend Laura, and and we started talking hockey. Are you missing hockey? Oh God. I remember this conversation. <laughs> were we in the casino? No, we were uh, pool deck. A uh, pool deck. All right. I um. Yes, I miss hockey. I mean, I, well, I miss the playoffs. We, the Devils obviously weren't going to make it, but they were making a run with their uh, with all their prospects. I, and I thought it was it was great to see them climb out of the basement. I think we're fifth from the bottom right now. But the uh, but sure, I miss it. I mean, this would be uh, the second season we'd been in right now. We'd be you know, close, close enough to the cup at this point, you know, yeah. the end of May. Uh, mm-hmm. So sure. So what, what's your feeling on them playing with nobody in the stands? If they bring it back, uh, you know, for, for the time uh, it's okay with me uh, because I would, you know, obviously I think every hockey fan would be glued to it. Oh, just yeah. because you, you have a bone being thrown to you, but what would it do with regard to the excitement? I think it would be, uh, I think it would be pretty low level, with with regard to presentation that we were just <laughs> right. talking about, you know, well, <laughs> you got 
presented at a high level, but um, but I would still watch. I would watch. Uh, I would watch every series. Oh, me too. I would be glued to it. I wouldn't even leave. But I was just wondering because I in South Korea, a football team just got uh, fined because they 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 were playing without fans, and people were like, "Oh, this is boring." So they filled the stands with sex dolls. <laughs> and they, they got, Wait a second. Because nobody's buying them during the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) They've got to take them out and get them some air. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. I've got one. I've got one last one. It's more serious. Sorry about to take away from the laughter, but you guys have been in this business a long time and everything is upside down now. Nobody's got a crystal ball, but how do you see this all panning out for musicians and the, the music industry in general. Well, myself, I, uh, you know, it, we're all in this musicians, carpenters, uh, uh, you know, chefs, lawyers, uh, everybody's in it. So, uh, you know, I've always thought of, uh, and, and no offense to Canada, uh, but uh, I've always thought of America as a, a great resilient place um, that, you know, good things come out of bad situations. Uh, so, you know, I'm really optimistic with regard to to where this is going to go. I mean, it's it's not the event in your life that makes you. It's how you react to the event. Right on. Perfect. So, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, we're together, peace, you know, be, be this way. We're, we got to get on the horse and start riding. I mean, that's just as simple as that. Man. And, uh, you know, put this behind us uh, some way, wh- whether that be economically, whether that be create, uh, creatively, whether that be, you uh, know, Bar to, to what the next chapter in in humanity is, and right. uh, you know, I'm, I'm personally, I'm hoping. You know, do I get to see the whole thing? I don't know, but the but the point is, is that uh, people will be surprised to be able to look back at this um, through through uh, you know a brand new brand new eyes, brand new eyeglasses, and uh, that that's what I'm hopeful for. Awesome, awesome. I don't have anything else, Chris. I don't, but I just feel the same way. I live in the U.S. now. Not in Canada. I used to live in Canada, but I live in DC. I, I, I live in DC now, and I don't take any offense. Canada is a great place too. And um, hey, don't take points of shit, man. <laughs> hey, man, I'm, Can- I'm I'm Canadian proud, man. I I've spent forty years of my life there, and I've been awesome. in, in the states for three years. But uh, you know, every the whole world's dealing with a situation that that seems almost impossible, and like you say. It's how you respond to the situation, not necessarily the situation itself. Yeah, oh, for sure. Thank All you, right. guys. I Thanks. appreciate your time. You got to wait. I got a Canadian joke for you, right? Oh, okay, please, go. I'm ready. All right. All right. So there's this, this young kid. He's working in a supermarket, right, in the produce section. And he's stacking the lettuce. And he hears behind him, uh, hello, son. I'd like a half a head of lettuce. And the kid goes, I'm sorry, sir. We only sell full heads of lettuce here. And he goes, you better get your manager. So the kid walks into the manager's office and goes, listen, there's some old asshole out here wants a half a head of lettuce. And the kid behind, hears behind him, the old guy clearing his throat, <clears> throat> turns around and says, but this gentleman wants the other half. <laughs> and, and the manager says to him, okay, give him the half a head of lettuce and then come back to me. So he gives the old guy the half a head of lettuce. He goes back to the manager's office and he goes, that was pretty smart thinking. You're new here, huh? He goes, yeah, I just started today. He goes. Well, that's great. What are you doing here? He goes, well, I used to live in Canada. He goes, you used to live in Canada. What are you doing down here? He goes, ah, the whole country's full of whores and hockey players. <laughs> he said, 
the manager goes, my wife's from Canada. He goes, Kate goes, really? What team did she skate for? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And on that note. (laughs) And on that note. Guys, good luck with the record. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate it. All right, guys. That was beautiful. Be safe. (laughs) (laughs) Take it easy, guys. guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.